0: Hello and welcome to the C21 Podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. Coming up in today's episode, Jonathan Ford, the former head of distribution at Q Media Group, talks about the company's collapse and how he's getting new independent sales venture, Abacus Media Rights, up and running during the COVID-19 pandemic with a pair of new projects from Finding Neverland filmmaker Dan Reed. But first, Lucas Green, head of content at Banerjee Group, Talks about how the production giant is working through the crisis, a new social lockdown show it's making called Shelf Isolation, the rebound the industry's seeing in unscripted programming and the latest on the merger with Endemol Shine. Here he is, talking with C21's Nico Franks.
1: Obviously it is a very challenging time. I think first and foremost the thing that we've been at pains to do is make sure that all of our our employees and our staff and the people we work with are, are safe and well and, um, you know, putting into place all the restrictions we need to do to make sure that, um, you know, nobody is is threatened from this terrible illness. Um, and then secondly, I suppose what we've been really focusing on is how we emerge from this as strong as possible. And I think it's a mix of uh, fast turnaround productions and that low hanging fruit of Um, shows that we can produce during lockdown but also focusing on the long-term development pipeline and I think absolutely I think this is a time to look at those shows that we've always dreamt of being able to have time to develop and flesh out and make sure that when um, filming is, is back to the new sense of normal we've got some really strong new shows to go out and pitch because I think broadcasters and viewers are screaming out for really high quality shows to keep them entertained at home. And I think um, it's that blend of uh, shows that we can produce on a low budget, which all the broadcasters need, but also making sure that there's some really strong big ticket, escapist, glossy entertainment that can be rolled out into production as soon as the restrictions are lifted.
2: And you mentioned those kind of fast turnaround shows, which obviously leans a bit more towards factual and unscripted. Um, so what have you been up to in those genres?
1: We've just announced a uh, really exciting show called Shelf Isolation for BBC Scotland. It's presented by Damien Barr and it's a really neat way to explore what uh, we're all talking about with our friends, which is what are you reading? What are you watching? What are your favourite box sets and movies of all time? And Damien speaks to his guests from his own living room to their living room. It absolutely respects social distancing. It's easy to produce in fast turnaround. And it's a, a, it's a great escapist way to remind of our, ourselves of our favourite um, books and movies and TV shows in pop culture. But it's not just the UK where we're, we're producing shows in lockdown. Um, we've been producing a daily show in Germany with a big star in Germany called Luke Mockridge, called Luke Alone at Home. That's been a, a daily show for him. Um, we've also been doing some big event specials uh, in Denmark. We did a Denmark Stands Together, which was a big entertainment piece. Also in Germany, um, we're producing the free European Song Contest. So on the same date that Eurovision would have taken place, uh, we're producing a big um, uh, a replacement song contest that just features international stars from within Germany. So I think it's possible to produce big entertainment shows as well as small factual shows. You obviously just have to uh, work without an audience and do it within the, the limitations that we all respect across the world.
2: And we're seeing a new kind of aesthetic um, quickly appearing and, and getting used to, to it on our TVs of seeing inside. Um, celebrities living rooms and seeing, seeing people being interviewed, you know, like we're doing it now over Zoom. Um, and there's still a, a bit of a novelty to that. But how long do you give it until audiences start to get a bit fatigued with that way of, of watching TV? I think audiences will will fatigue of badly produced programming. I think uh,
1: there obviously is a certain amount of content to be filled in those gaps that, that broadcasters need. But I think Yes, of course, viewers want escapism and they don't want to be reminded of the fact that they're stuck indoors. So I think it's a careful balance to find shows which take them away from that world. I think it's no coincidence that you've seen subscriptions go through the roof on Netflix and Disney Plus. And I don't think that any of the shows that people are watching on Netflix are about self-isolation or coronavirus type content. I think people are looking for glossy, well-produced, high-end programming. I think there's a, there's enough of the reality in current affairs and news. And I think people obviously are looking for shows which remind them of normality. And I think we have to be careful of pitching too many shows which are all filmed in lockdown and using Zoom and video conferencing. I think you're right. There's only so many shows that can be filmed in lockdown about
2: coronavirus that it needs to be a good balance. Do you think we're going to see a potential new era of... Of formats coming out of this, I'm not sure that formats will
1: reflect the crisis. I think that the ways that we produce and production methods will definitely change. And I think the fact we've all been able to reduce our carbon footprints and travel less, and there's not uh, an automatic expectation that a you know a beach reality show has to be filmed on the other side of the world. So I think that we'll all find we'll be forced to find ways to streamline our productions with new budgets in the future. I think that. Shows which are based on being indoors I think will feel quite dated quite quickly and I think people will want to see sunshine and they'll want to see shows um, about uh, the wild, wonderful, beautiful world around us to to remind them of what they're missing. So I'm not sure that uh, the coronavirus crisis will spawn a a new breed of format. I think that in some ways broadcasters are looking for tried and tested formats which they know have got great track record because clearly business is a challenge by this financially and I think quite rightly they can afford to take fewer risks I think that maybe in um, very strong financial times that's the period when broadcasters are most likely to take big risks but right now I think we're all doubling down on ensuring that Uh, formats that we know work and devices that work and genres that have got really strong track record are the ones that are going to be championed first and foremost because it's the most cost effective way of spending your budget.
2: And Banerjee's made a great use of production hubs uh, to produce shows like Survivor, Crystal Maze, um, Temptation Island and Shipwrecked and those are dotted all around the world and I was wondering are some of them in Countries that perhaps have been less affected by coronavirus and potentially could um, see a return to production relatively uh, sooner than, you know, in some countries like here in the UK or Italy.
1: Well, I think what's unique about this pandemic compared to other ones that have we've we've seen at a lesser scale in the last few years is that it is truly universal, and I think every country in the world is affected. So there is sadly, no outlier where where they've not been affected at all. And we could all pile in and start filming tomorrow. So I think, unfortunately, there isn't an easy answer to that. And what we're all waiting for is uh, changes in local government guidelines. Clearly, some countries are, are further ahead in terms of their peak and their lockdown measures. But we're waiting to see what announcement come from local governments in terms of Um, entry into those in terms of being able to fly and able to travel before we make decisions on where those hubs will be. I think we have to wait until government um, measures change and and clearly we have to be responsive and dynamic to the rules for different territories. Um, I think we're all looking very closely at what you know equipment we might have to procure in terms of procurement of gloves, masks, Social distancing. You know what? Do we, what cleaning do we have to arrange? I think a lot of it will be uh, common sense. It will be respecting social distancing, and it will be um, practicing excellent hygiene. I think one one phenomenon that we're seeing is that I think it's going to be tougher for scripted. I think it's going to be much harder to get big dramas back into production than it is to get fast turnaround unscripted shows into production. Um, of course, you can, you can change the format of an unscripted show to allow you to comply with social distancing. But sometimes, if a drama script um, can't be changed in that way, then you just have to wait. So I think we're also doubling down on our unscripted efforts, because that seems like a way we can get back into production faster.
2: Drama was the genre that was doing so well before this crisis, and everyone was kind of wondering what was gonna be that thing that kind of was gonna burst that bubble and it does look like uh, this has been it. And with the exception of probably Quiz on ITV, it has been unscripted shows that people have been talking about the most while in isolation or or in lockdown, stuff like Tiger King. Those have been the, the phenomenons that have broken out.
1: You're right, and I think also, we think that maybe actually to look at the, the last things that you would expect to pitch right now, are the things that will stand out. And maybe a series about an Oklahoma bum with 100 tigers would have been the last thing you'd expect to come out of coronavirus. And maybe that's the reason why people have warmed to it and found it so escapist and entertaining, because it was a world away from coronavirus. And actually, that's probably a good uh, creative lesson for us all to take is 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 develop a show which is at the complete opposite end of the spectrum from what we see all around us because not only will it stand out but it will also um, distract us from the new norms and i think we've also seen that the streamers from netflix to amazon and now disney are also uh, have been piling into Unscripted for, um, you know, a couple of years now. And those shows are now starting to to drop onto their platform. So a, a lot of those Unscripted shows, which are now doing well, from Love is Blind to Too Hot to Handle, um, ha- have been in production for a long time. So I think Unscripted um, has been quietly taking care of itself and has been... Um, You know, making its own comeback. But as as you say, now it's going to come into sharper relief as there's going to be a a delay in some of those dramas making it to screen, which we might not see straight away, but it might be that in six months or 12 months time, um, you know, the the stoppage of drama will, will become much more obvious.
2: And the wheels are still turning in, in lots of aspects of the TV industry. Just recently, Banerjee announced that Kathy Payne is gonna be uh, joining Banerjee Rights to lead its distribution arm. And in the background of all this, there's the merger between Banerjee and Endemol Shine Group that that was um, still happening um, prior to the pandemic. And is it still the case that it will still happen as the pandemic rolls on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I understand we're looking to close that deal in the summer, so um, uh, it's all systems go. Um, and we're really excited about the future. And I think that that was it was well documented earlier this year. And despite coronavirus, um, we look forward to the future.
0: Lucas Green from Banerjee. Canada's Q Media Group arrived on the scene three years ago, listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange with offices there in New York, Los Angeles, and London. Set up by Blue Ice Group co founder Stephen Silver and Alliance Atlantis alumnus Peter Sussman, it landed with a splash, announcing a string of acquisitions including Content Media Core, Frantic Films, and Jigsaw Films. Then earlier this year, almost as quickly, the company began to unravel, as the firm's finance director was forced out, the administrators were called in, and those that had sold businesses to Q sought to salvage them. The process is still ongoing, but Content Media Corps was among Q's biggest assets, forming the basis of its sales arm Q Media Distribution, and head of both was Jonathan Ford. Seeing the writing on the wall and keen to strike out in a new direction anyway, Ford left the business in February before its collapse and resurfaced earlier this month with new company Abacus Media Rights, backed by London-based financier amcomrie Media Group. He spoke with Clive Whittingham about the experience and of launching a new company during COVID-19 lockdown.
3: Was it always the plan to go it alone now or eventually or did the queue situation drive that decision? It would have probably been about the right time anyway.
4: Uh, obviously, the circumstances of what happened with the the group issues at Q uh, certainly firmed up that that decision route, shall we say?
3: Yeah. Had you had you seen that because um, the Q problems had had basically sort of come to light publicly maybe four months before it all fell apart in February? Had you seen that coming down the track and been able to plan? I mean, what was it? What was it like on the on the inside of that?
4: Um, I, I don't think anybody saw uh, the explosion in December coming coming down the track. Uh, obviously, you know, it it had been visible that it had a few challenging times. Um, with the some of the press that came out from september onwards i don 't think you know what we, what we what we saw from December tenth really anybody who worked there uh, was expecting that I guess i'd been already thinking about future options before then, and uh, when well, it became quite clear that you know, the, 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 a number of the banks involved or some some of the banks involved weren 't really interested in supporting Qget through that situation, it became very relevant to start um, uh, you know, looking at my options, as it were, and, and take the jump.
3: Can you tell us a little bit about the team you've put together and also the initial slate? A couple of people have come from queue with you and also the, the slate, like the one you were working with before, is quite eclectic and a, and a cross-genre.
4: Yeah, well, look, you know, um, it's a, a cross-genre because uh, what we're looking for is really programming that will sell. And you know one of the the advantages you know, we had previously in, in my former business is that we were did have good relationships with buyers across different genres. Um, and so you know, I'm hoping to be able to take that into this new business. So you know we are working in the documentary space, whether that's feature documentary or documentary series uh, or series, we are working. In the unscripted series space, um, we are working in the drama series space. Uh, One area I'm not in is feature film or theatrical feature film or anything like that, which Q was. But that's, you know, my shareholders have a separate business called um, uh, 101 Films, who are doing that very effectively, uh, both in the UK and on an international basis. So what we're looking for is programming from producers who we trust and trust us uh, which we think will sell around the world. I had good relationships with the Q production companies and so a number of the titles that have come to me have been from those former production companies who bought themselves out. Plus, you know, we had good relationships with a number of established uh, producers such as Dan Reed. Um, I know I'd I'd work with him on Leaving Neverland and I'm fortunate to be working on his next two projects, uh, Liberty City and Superbag as well. And, you know, certainly having someone with his status linked to the company through us selling his titles is extremely honouring and also exciting. But, you know... On the drama side, we are working on Trickster, which was Sienna's new series, which is premiering on CBC, I think, September time frame. Um, you know, that's close to delivery, and we're going to be going out to market with finished episodes to show on that very soon. We're working on a, a number of series uh, and titles from uh, Essential Media uh, in Australia, two series that are delivering very soon. We are working with Frantic Films on their series, a couple of the series that came out of Q, High Maintenance, Killer in Plain Sight. And uh, you know, there's a number of other sort of unscripted series that we have signed up, which will get announced soon once all the paperwork is closed. And then, you know, we're working on a, a number of feature documentaries, which exc- uh, excites as well. With the, the Fine Point guys from Northern Ireland, who again new from the queue time, we've taken on four of their films. We're working on a um, a few other films, which I can't quite announce yet. But then there's a great film called People You May Know, uh, which is very relevant with the U.S. elections coming up, uh, investigating Cambridge Analytica and. You know, Going beyond some of the initial stories we all heard about on Facebook uh, and the involvement of Brexit, but going beyond that to how else Cambridge Analytica and those data systems have been influencing uh, and being used by various bodies around the world, particularly some of the right-wing religious movements in the US. So an interesting slate, all what we see as being either very relevant titles for the current market, titles that we can see a demand for and actually which we feel attached to ourselves and interested to sell.
3: Yeah, the, uh, the Cambridge Analytica project sounds right up my street. And uh, the, the two Dan Reed projects that you mentioned, can you just give us a, a bit of an outline of those two that are coming down the pipe? Because obviously he always oh. makes waves when he's putting projects out.
4: So the first Superbug is a production for BBC and HBO. So uh, uh, HBO have North America, BBC have the UK and television, and we're going to be selling the rights around those. And, you know, it's a film which we, we, we don't quite yet know when it will deliver because obviously, you know, A lot of things are impacted by the virus, but it's in production. But, you know, I don't want to scare the world too much, but you're worried about the virus at the moment. This one's called Superbug, and it's all about bacterial infection and the risk that actually many of the antibiotics we now have are beginning to stop working. And a lot of the issue is that, you know, there have been overuse in the environment, but also no new antibiotics have really been developed for a long period of time. Partly because they aren't particularly profitable. You take an antibiotic, you get rid of the infection, you don't need it anymore, unlike some ongoing drugs, which are far more profitable. So we face another uh, issue in the world, which, you know, once we get through this virus, is there's a, a potential risk that these antibiotics stop working unless we have a similar effort to come up with a new one, which requires government investment. And the risk is, you know, it's not just that you're going to get uh, antibiotic-resistant illnesses, but also it'll change the very way medicine works because a big use of antibiotics is things like uh, in surgery, you know, to prevent infection and so on. Um, so that's one film, and the other one is uh, is, is Liberty City, which is uh, a Project for Channel 4, which is uh, an exciting one, really looking into sort of uh, one particular FBI sting that happened in the US as part of a a bigger story around reaction to 9-11 and how the sort of law authorities reacted to 9-11 around sort of individual groups of people out there. And obviously the anniversary of 9-11 is coming up in 2021. So, you know, a relevant documentary for that period. So we're excited to be doing that. A US story commissioned by Channel 4, but we are fortunate to be sending North American rights on that as well, which is very exciting.
3: Two very uh, very timely projects there. Um, Obviously, you, you mentioned the difficult times we're in at the moment what is it like launching a launching a company in in, in lockdown because presumably you you would like a, an office with your new team around you and and things like that which you can't can't do at the moment can you give us a bit of an insight into what it's like well,
4: well it's, it's it saves uh saves on the uh on the on the rent the rental fees for that office uh, so that doesn't impact the cash flow that way um you know uh if, if I got to choose a, a time to launch, this wouldn't be the ideal time to choose. That's certainly yes. true. But, um, you know, uh, we, we have in, in Ancomry some very strong investors who, you know, despite the wider s- situation, certainly still see the opportunity in the TV uh, distribution business and what we're trying to achieve here, both in terms of distribution, but also getting involved in projects to help get them set up and financed and working further down that value chain as well. And they've stood by us and gone ahead with their investment on our remaining extremely supportive throughout this process. So although it's a, an interesting time to be launching, there is still business out there and we're certainly already closing deals. We're certainly still seeing a need for good, strong programming in the market. There is a, there is a flux because particularly the channels reliant on advertising are seeing budget issues and budget cuts. But at the same time, there's still a need for programming, particularly with things delayed. So, uh, you know, it's an uncertain time uh, for the market, but I still think there's definitely opportunities if you've got good, strong programming. And we're going to need things when we come out this place. You know, the, the issue is going to be that it's not so much what what people need now, it's what they're going to need in a few months' time when everything that was meant to deliver in a few months' time but is delayed and hasn't made it into post, is going to deliver. So you know, making sure there's a slate of programming to sell there. There's a slate of programming that can be made during the virus or be ready to go ahead as soon as lockdowns start to ease. And also understanding what type of programming people may want. It's It's been a difficult, mentally difficult time for population as a whole, in whatever country you're in, um, I think there's going to be certainly a, a desire, uh, as well as, you know, truthful stories, but also to have uplifting programming post this lockdown. And that's something we should all be considering as well. So, you know, not not the best time uh, for the market, but certainly is not Im- impacting us in, in our launch of this business.
0: Jonathan Ford from Abacus Media writes, That's all for this episode. Remember, if you'd like to share your story of coping with COVID-19 with the international TV industry, email us using the address press at c21media.net. There'll be more from the podcast tomorrow, but in the meantime, stay safe and stay up to date with all the latest developments by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. Thanks for listening.